You are listening to The Riding, NFL DFS podcast with Pat James. Welcome, everybody, to The Ride in NFL DFS podcast for week 10. We are past the halfway point. It's pretty crazy, but we are in week 10. We have about eight weeks left, nine weeks played. Craziness that it has gone by this fast when we didn't even know if it was going to happen. It's Masters week, too, which is absolutely wild that we will be watching the final few holes of the Masters and football on Sunday for the first time ever. I am pumped. I am. I apologize. I had a lot of guys coming at me in the DM and on Twitter and wherever they, they normally contact me asking about a Masters podcast. Um, and it just wasn't feasible right now with football also going on. Um, I don't do this for a living. You guys know I'm a full-time teacher. And... It, To be honest, the hybrid nature of school right now, so half my kids are at home, half my kids are in front of me on a daily basis, Um, it's actually more work. Uh, You wouldn't think so. You would think, oh, less kids in the classroom. And, you know, from certain standpoints it is, but it definitely is a lot of work Um, and in some aspects more work. So, you know, getting all my football content out, and full-time job, and full-time parent, you know, adding a second sport just wasn't feasible at this point. Um, And, you know, golf works well with football because in, you know, non-pandemic years, this is golf's off-season, right? Golf's off-season is kind of September to January when football is in full swing, so it's a really good complement sport to do DFS content for for me uh, because they don't run concurrently um, until, you know, a guy eats a bat in China and there's a global pandemic and now the Masters and week 10 of the NFL season are on the same weekend. So I apologize if you guys were looking forward to PGA content, but just know I can never do two sports at once um, in terms of providing content. So the week 10 slate is here. It is uh, I want to say pretty cut and dry. You know, we do have to fi- we do have to figure out a few things um, in terms of injuries, potentially COVID uh, going forward. But at quarterback, I mean, I think it's pretty clear. Kyler facing the 31st ranked Bills defense. You know, we saw Russ have probably his worst game and still hit 30 points against his Bills defense. And I think the Bills are going to be able to put points on the board. It's a game that we're not going to have to worry about weather. Kyler is, you know, pretty much a guarantee for 20 to 24 points. Like, we're not going to get a a dud out of him. He's probably not going to cost you the week ever, just based on his rushing floor. So I really like Kyler if you're paying all the way up. Those guys in the middle uh, between Kyler and my my next QB are, I think, are really good tournament quarterbacks. And that's Josh Allen, Russ Wilson, and Aaron Rodgers. I think those guys are, I'm going to concentrate having a little bit of them in tournaments because they definitely can hit a higher ceiling than Kyler, and they're a little bit easier to stack than Kyler, um, maybe with the exception of Josh Allen. But I really like the the Arizona 
Bills game stack in tournaments this week too. It's just you can't really overstack it because both quarterbacks run a ton and that detracts from pass catching stats for their teammates. Probably would only stack one guy from each of uh, those teams. So the next guy is Deshaun Watson and he's kind of been like Kyler Murray Jr. uh, over the past few weeks. I mean he's crushed it. Since Bill O'Brien's firing, he has basically thrown for 300 yards and multiple touchdowns in every game and also run for at least 25 yards uh, in every game as well. He's been pretty dominant. The issue is they are traveling north to Cleveland. Could be some weather, even though the matchup is pretty good. Cleveland is a pass funnel. Um, We have to see the the status on David Johnson, if he is going to play at this moment. It's still up in the air as of me recording this. I mean, if David Johnson doesn't play, you kind of have to assume that they're going to throw even even more, right? Or tend to lean pass a little more. So I do like Deshaun Watson in that instance as well. I think I'm paying up a QB this week. We've talked about it. I mean, there's some guys down below that I think you can, you know, kind of think about like Tua... Um, maybe even Drew Locke. They both have good matchups for that middle 5K price. Um, Tua showed me a lot last week. He's not afraid to run, and he was kind of clicking with his pass catchers after that first week of not looking too good. Same thing with Drew Locke. Um, you know, they just, the Broncos are just bad, and they're probably going to always put him in passing situations. So he'll probably be like a garbage time um, QB. But I think the floor with Watson and Murray is just too hard to pass up in cash. All right, at running back, Christian McCaffrey, all the season-long size of relief, quickly crushed by another injury. This time his shoulder, he got a second opinion. You know, he basically probably went around to doctors until he found one that said he could play. Uh, He's not going to play this week, could play next week, so I don't think McCaffrey should be in your lineups if he's not going to be on the field. Now, from there... Kamara and Aaron Jones. So even, I think what people are going to do, I think people are going to be off Kamara a little bit this week because of his you know poor box score last week and the matchup this week. But you have to put that into context. Kamara, you know, the Saints blew them out of the water. Kamara barely played last week. And, you know, he, Michael Thomas is back. Emmanuel Sanders is back. Latavius Murray's working in. So... You know, it's not like he's going to get 14 targets again like he did in those games where, you know, the Saints had no pass catchers healthy. So it is a bit of a risk. I agree there. But I think, you know, in cash, he's a pretty safe bet for, you know, 12 to 15 carries and, I don't know, 5 to 8 targets. Right? So he's in that 20-plus range of opportunities. And against... The Niners, uh, they do allow the least amount of raw fantasy points, but they really haven't faced a ton of great running backs. So I I would take that with a grain of salt. He's playable in cash, as is Aaron Jones. Um, You know, Aaron Jones has a great matchup with the Jaguars. Huge spread, probably going to run the ball a bit more. Like, I don't think this is going to be a game where the Packers need to target Devontae Adams 17 times and get him... 10 receptions and 3 touchdowns. It very well can happen, but I would probably assume that the the Packers run a bit a little bit more in this game, uh building a lead in Lambeau. So I think Aaron Jones is 
fine as well. Chase Edmonds, I think we could go back to him. I think it's tough to have him and Murray in the same lineup. I think if you go Deshaun Watson, it's more plausible, more feasible to convince me Chase Edmonds should be in that lineup, right? Murray and Edmonds kind of are negative correlation. Sure, Edmonds catches passes, but when you have a quarterback, like I would rather pair in cash, let's say Drew Brees, if you think he's in a good spot with Alvin Kamara. Or um, like last year, Kyle Allen and Christian McCaffrey, we used in the same lineup against Arizona because we knew that there was a ton of correlation there. Kyle Allen, all he does is check down. So we were hoping for touchdowns in the passing game. Here, Murray detracts from Edmonds because of his rushing prowess and his ability to you know run the ball in at the goal line. So they don't necessarily correlate. And I think they're a little bit too expensive together. Like you're paying 14 and a half K for the two of them to scoop up all the touchdowns per se. Um, that's a little bit too much for me. So I think if you're going Murray, you kind of have to leave Edmonds out of your lineup. Um, and I think if you are going Watson or anybody else that I didn't mention, um, you're choosing your own cash game quarterback, you can probably get Edmonds in there. He had 28 touches last week. Ineffective, but it's hard to you know scoff at nearly 30 touches when he's probably going to do something similar this week, maybe a little bit less rushing, but could be a little bit more involved in the pass game. Um, from there, we have to see what's going to happen with Miles Sanders. He was limited this uh, uh, yesterday on Wednesday, so I think he'll play. Boston Scott's in play, if not. Um, and then as we keep going down the list, we have to take a look at Antonio Gibson. He practiced in full Thursday, so I think J.D. McKissick taking over a lead back role is somewhat off the table. Jarek McKinnon is in play as well. You know, that's just another situation that we have to monitor. I don't love that that play because um, McKinnon has not really looked too spry and they've used Jermichael Hasty at the goal line. Um, but if Coleman's out and it's only going to be those two operating again, I don't hate it. But the two players that obviously we are going to absolutely lock button into our cash game lineups is Duke Johnson and Mike Davis. I don't know what DraftKings was doing. It, like the second Christian McCaffrey came back, they put Mike Davis back down to 4K. I, I mean, it makes sense kind of because we know that once McCaffrey came back and we saw him get nearly every carry and uh, most of the work out of the backfield in the passing game as well, I just think that was kind of drastic to drop Davis back down to 4K, especially after how much success he had in the middle of the season there. He kind of tailed off towards the end when McCaffrey was coming back, was a little bit ineffective. But I don't care. Mike Davis could have the worst matchup on the planet. If he's going to see a similar role to what he did before McCaffrey returned, which he will, uh, he's just a lock button. Same thing with Duke Johnson. Um, I just pulled it up. It looks like David Johnson is going to miss this game. He's on track to miss it. Hasn't practiced. Hasn't passed the concussion protocol. Duke Johnson, ton of checkdowns, all the rushing work. You know, they may work in some of the other backs they have there, but Duke Johnson is, he's a, he's a good back. He's a pretty good back. I followed him at Miami. He was a really good college back. I think he has the skill set and the upside in the pass. He's a, he's a player that I don't think we have to, you know, roster him or Watson. Number one, because they only combine for 11.9 in salary. 
And number two, because Watson will check down to him a little bit. And, you know, Watson isn't running for 90 yards a game like Murray. Watson will take off when he needs to and get like 20, 30, 40 yards here uh, a game. But he's not, you know, always looking to scramble like Kyler Murray. And Duke Johnson is a really good pass catcher. So I think it's fine to roster him and Duke Johnson together. That's okay. As for J.D. McKissick, um, I think, you know, if you find a build that really works, like if you want to go three, 5K and under running backs, that's your prerogative. I think McKissick, um, you know, with Gibson Hurt, even though he's back practicing, maybe we see a little bit of what we saw last week. As far as a pivot that I like in this range, Curtis Samuel, 4,900. You know that they like to use him in all kinds of crazy jet sweeps, wildcats, hand him the ball off as a running back. If Mike Davis is going to be like 50% owned in tournaments or something crazy like that, I love the pivot to Curtis Samuel because, you know, if it just so happens that Samuel gets some jet sweep touchdowns instead of Mike Davis punching it in from inside the five, and you just have a ton of leverage on the field, right? You have... Um, a player that they don't, and you also faded a player that they have that didn't pan out. So it's a good way to get some hedge value in your cash lineup. At wide receiver, as always, we have to mention Devonta Adams. Not really going to talk too much about him. If you can afford him and you like your lineup, get him in. He is uh, 9K, which is kind of crazy, but I think I'm probably going to start my lineup uh I'll try to get Devontae Adams in, don't get me wrong, but I'm not sure if it's possible based on um, what I'm seeing at the current moment. Keenan Allen, 7,100 at Miami. I think he's, you know, he's still underpriced. He has not seen less than double-digit targets in a game that he's completed since week one. I mean, the targets are just insane. Herbert trusts him. He's even getting end zone targets, so it's not like he's like this five-yard A-dot player anymore. He's he's getting 100 yards, 125 yards, 130 yards in some of these games, so he is absolutely in play. Terry McLaurin, you know, I'm not 100% sold on the quarterback situation uh, with the Washington football team, but... You know, McLaurin has just dominated. And 6,800, he's another guy. Eight targets, 11 targets, 12 targets, 14 targets. He's getting a ton of targets. He's probably a little bit underpriced. I really like Terry McLaurin. This week against the Lions, um, you know, not really afraid of any of their corners or their defense or anything like that. The Rams receivers. I don't know. I mean, this is a lot of, this is a lot of 6K, 5K um, receivers, so you know we're not going to be able to fit them all, but I do really like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Um, I wouldn't play them over Allen or McLaurin. I don't think um, I'm off the Seattle wide receivers in cash. I really like Lockett in tournaments. I think the um, the Rams kind of force you to throw the ball inside, so he could see some extra targets, but not loving um, having to choose who's going to go off every week in Seattle. Um, And the matchup and the pressure on Russ, I think, is going to be a little much. And, and, you know, 
there's just a few better options uh, than Tyler Lockett this week in that 6K range. Uh, even further down, I think Brandon Cooks is in play at 5,600. Um, you know, he has kind of taken on the role of an intermediate wide receiver, right? We used to think of him as a deep shot guy. He has nine targets, nine targets, nine targets in his last three games, which in four games ago, he actually was his coming out party. He had 12 targets. So, you know, he's getting involved pretty heavily in this Texans offense. So I think he is in play. Um, You know, maybe Deshaun, Duke, and Cooks is a little much in cash to have all those Texans. So I I don't think I would load them all up, but, um, you know, he's definitely a consideration. Um, a lot of people are talking about Deontay Johnson. I think that Pittsburgh Steelers situation is just, you know, too up in the air from week to week. They have too many targets. Um, you really don't know who Ben is going to go to. I do like Chase Claypool as a tournament play this week. Uh, I think we can find some value in the Dolphins receivers. This week, obviously, Preston Williams is out. Um, Jakeem Grant is absolutely minimum salary. And Devontae Parker is 5K. I mean, if you need those price ranges, Preston Williams opens up a good chunk of targets that could go to either one of those guys. Um, Josh Reynolds, I know I mentioned the Ram receivers. Josh Reynolds at 3,500, he's gotten a ton of targets. And he is, it seems like he's Goff's preferred red zone weapon. They like run him up the seam all the time when they have these three wide receiver sets. They run him right up the the seam and he is, you know, often uncovered because the attention is just not on him. So he has a bunch of touchdowns the last few weeks on on pretty much the same play. And um, last week they kind of threw him uh, a route out of the backfield. So they're getting him involved and he's only 3,500 in what should be a shootout. So I like Josh Reynolds as well. Um, I may have missed somebody. I feel like I'm missing somebody fairly obvious. I will, you know, make sure I update you guys on Saturday or Sunday with the core four and an update because I feel like I did miss somebody. Um, at tight end, you know, the payup option is obviously Darren Waller. He's been targeted a ton by Derek Carr. Matchup isn't anything to be scared of. In fact, Hayden Hurst was running free a lot last week against this Denver linebacking crew. So I think Darren Waller is in play. The only thing is, you know, how much are the Raiders going to throw it with Booker and Jacobs getting carries? It seems like they are just content to play 1992 football. Um, so we'll see, you know, run the ball, take take shots. That's how they are kind of approaching it. Um, Evan Engram at 4,500 has let's, his targets over the last three weeks, 10, 10, and 9. Now, Daniel Jones has been inefficient. He's not running, you know, terribly deep routes. His A dot is low, but he has, you know, at least double-digit fantasy points in his last three games. At 4,500, we could do worse. We definitely could do worse. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, want to absolutely punt at tight end, and they don't care if they take a zero or just get one catch for 13 yards or whatever it may be. I am of the belief that I can find enough value at wide receiver and defense that I can take a tight end who I feel good enough about that they can hit double-digit points, right? I think Evan Engram can 
can get to double digits. I also think Dallas Goddard, if you don't have the three hundred dollars at forty two hundred, uh, last time we saw him, he played you know not a, a large amount of snaps against Dallas. Um, we thought he was coming back in prime time. He ended up not really playing a ton, but they since the the Eagles have had a bye week, I'm guessing he's going to come back, and everything's going to be ramped up. The targets, the snaps. So I think Dallas Goddard at 4,200 is pretty much a steal this week. I'm my my cash game quarterback or tight end is probably going to come down to Goddard or Engram, depending on you know what I have left salary wise. Don't love anything really under those two guys. I mean, you know, we could contemplate a 49ers tight end with Kittle out. Um, as I mean, maybe. Austin Hooper at 3,900. I know he'll, he may be popular now that he is back. Um, saw a good amount of targets right before he left. I think he's just too close in salary to Goddard and Engram. I would try to find you know the extra couple extra hundred dollars to get up to those guys um, in cash. At defense, lots of defenses this week that are looking fairly uh playable you know there's some weeks where you look at the pool of defenses and you can't even pick one because it's just awful but you know the Steelers getting pressure on Joe Burrow at 4,400 don't love that for cash games but tournaments absolutely the Packers facing Jake Lutton absolutely fire it up um if you have the room for it in cash games because there is some value this week I wouldn't mind it the Eagles against Daniel Jones right um the Redskins against Matt Stafford all these, I think all these defenses are really good above 3K. The first one that I'll probably consider for cash is the Saints, you know, facing a, at home, facing a Niners team that's really banged up. Saints, you know, had a great defensive showing. Looks like they're kind of starting to click on defense. I like them. Um, I think the Dolphins are in play again. I've been banging the drum for the Dolphins. They pretty much single-handedly won us a monster cash week, like a 100 percentile lineup week two weeks ago when they scored two defensive and special teams touchdowns. So I think they are in play. Um, and then if you go down from there, I think the Giants are in play at 2,700 facing the Eagles. Giants can, can get after the quarterback. We know Carson Wentz can be loosey-goosey with the football. And then the last one that I have here is the Rams, believe it or not. Um, you know, even if this game is like a 38-31 game and the Rams give up 31 points, their defensive line is top 10 in getting pressure. Seahawks offensive line is, I think, 7th or 8th worst in the league and adjusted sack rate. So Russ is going to have a ton of pressure on him. He takes some sacks. We saw last week against the Bills, he can, you know, turn the ball over. He had two fumbles, two picks. So if he gets pressure on him, he can, you know, he could still cook, but it's kind of like he's spilling sauce all over the stove while he's cooking. He's cooking, he's getting his fantasy points, but he's also leaving some crumbs around the kitchen for the defense to scoop up and get some points of their own. All right, that'll do it for the Ride In NFL DFS podcast for week 10. That was the rundown, the initial look, the leanings. I'll be back on Saturday with an update if anything changes COVID-wise, injury-wise. And I'll also give you the core four. 
cash game plays for week 10. Enjoy the rest of your week. I will talk to you on the weekend.